Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He gets so crazy at times. It sounds like... You yell back at your radio. What are you talking about? What the hell? He gets so angry. You tweet to try and calm him down. Now... He gets an hour all to himself. It's Sparky's Midday Madness on the fan with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is Sparky's Midday Madness. Just a reminder, if you missed uh, Leroy Butler and myself, we who we had on on the Wendy's Big Show prior uh, to Sparky's Midday Madness, you can always go back and listen to that bigshownetwork.com or hit rewind. On your Odyssey app, Paul Allen, Vikings play-by-play announcer, K-Fan Radio, Ryan Wood, Green Bay Press Gazette, Packers beat writer, a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Packers GM, Ron Wolf, told some great John Madden stories, John Anderson, the ESPN anchor, and uh, now a host on InsideWisconsin.com, and of course, Herm Edwards, Arizona State head football coaches. They get ready tonight to take on the Badgers. So, really good Wendy's Big Show. Prior to this, make sure to go back and listen to that, Big Show Network. Dot com uh, And have no fear, we continue with the great guests now. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from Pro Football Focus, Senior Analyst John Costco. John, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, first things first, I, I want to get your thoughts uh, a, a little bit on, on the passing of John Madden uh, and really what he meant to the game of football, in your opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the people ages of you know, in their twenties through their fifties, understand the game of, of Madden for one. And then, you know, just the, the older generation anyways, of, of knowing who John Madden was growing up, watching him coach the, the Raiders and uh, being a, a sports broadcaster and just the, the icon he's been, um, you, you know, he's, for me personally, he was a huge influence on, on me learning the game of football, playing those video games. Um, and you know it's a it's a sad day and and you know may his, his memory be eternal um but you know what he brought to the game and i mean you talk about a mount rushmore of of icons for for the game of football he, he could very well be up there and um uh, you know that's how much he, he really meant to the game brought it to uh uh to what it is today and you know he played a significant part in that so uh, it's you know sad to see him him pass i was thinking the other day uh yesterday actually uh, as far as okay so is there a close comparison? Is there somebody that can kind of be comparable? A guy that was a really good coach, uh, won a Super Bowl, um, walked away, uh, ended up in a TV booth, really passionate uh, about the game of football, really enjoyed talking about the fame game of football. Now, again, up until recently with all the emails and everything else that were found on John Gruden, Gruden may have been the closest comparison to him. Yeah, 
I mean, what all that John Madden was able to accomplish, there's probably no comparison, right? But right. John, like you said, John Curtin was probably on, on that path. You want to talk about um, somebody that, you know, before his time, maybe maybe Paul Brown in terms of just the, how much he innovated the game, um, you know, before, you know, he wouldn't go into the broadcast, but he was able to coach two teams, True. Uh, basically founded two teams. Um, and just the, the icon he was in, in terms of the, uh, persona that he was able to bring to to Ohio and and to the NFL, but yeah, there's I don't think there's really anybody you can really can compare to John Madden what his overall body of work was able to bring to the game of football. Tom John Costco, Pro Football Focus senior analyst here on Sparky's Midday Madness on the Fan. Uh, turn our th- our attention to the Green Bay Packers here as they get ready to take on the Minnesota Vikings Sunday night football prime time uh, for the Packers with a chance to clinch home field advantage uh, throughout the postseason. Which team do you think right now does this mean more to as far as clinching home field, the Packers or the Cowboys? Uh, I think the Packers, obviously the Cowboys, it means a lot for them. But, you know, for the Packers, we know how much that number one seed matters. And then being having to go to Lambeau Field and playing at Lambeau, that is a huge advantage for the Green Bay Packers that the Cowboys really don't have that type of an advantage in terms of their home field advantage at uh, in Dallas. So I think for, for teams, they would rather go to play Dallas and Dallas in that, in that dome and, you know, in, in the controlled environment where, whereas in green Bay, you might be getting freezing temperatures, even worse with, with snowstorms and the, the Packers team, they know how to understand to play in that. Um, and I think the, that's a big advantage for green Bay and how good they are at home, uh, especially under Aaron Rodgers, And, you know, they, they rare they rarely lose, and especially if they don't turn the ball over, they just they just pretty much never lose. So I think this this game matters probably more. I mean, both teams want to make the number one seed, but for for you know the Packers, they can clinch the number one seed and they can have more time rest to to really get this uh you know start the pre the postseason. I want to get your thoughts. I, I, I don't, I've never asked a pro football focus guy this, and we have a, a bunch of you guys on. Ian Hardis is our fantasy football guy on Fridays, and he'll be on again tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show. Um, but what what are your thoughts uh, on this whole QBR, uh, total QBR thing that ESPN put together from your guys' uh, analytics and what you guys do? Yeah, so I don't really look too much into the ESPN numbers because we have our own, right? But they, they you know, what they're bringing to the attention of, like, this raw passer rating is, doesn't paint the whole picture. How much does the quarterback actually matter into that passer rating? Well, if you have a, uh, you know, you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday Night Football against the, the, the Chargers, Patrick Mahomes threw a, a short crossing route to Travis Kelsey, who broke open, you know, five tackles or whatever it was for the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he was the, the reason why they scored that touchdown. It really wasn't Patrick Mahomes and what he was able to do under that. And so, you know, what ESPN, you know, they're they're bigger than what PFF is, is and they bring to light, hey, how much did – that quarterback actually contribute to this play. And they're trying to capture that. They don't do that with our grades, um, but they try to do it from the, the advanced analytical data. Um, and our grades take that into, you know, big time into consideration. You know, Travis Kelsey gets a big time play grade on that, on that play and Patrick Mahomes doesn't. And that's how we we're able to factor that in. And, and ESPN's trying to do that in, in their own way. And they obviously, you know, you have to appreciate that because passer rating doesn't doesn't explain everything in terms of what who contributes what on each play. 
The reason I ask you is setting up my next question because Bill Barnwell has a piece out uh, today talking about you know, who his personal picks would be for all pro. But within this piece, he talks about Aaron Rodgers and using that total QBR number that they use of 67.8 leading the league uh, as far as the quarterback position, wherever the case may be. Over the prior decade, the average QBR for the number one passer each season was 79.9. In 2019, this 67.8 number that Rodgers has now would have left Rodgers ninth best by that metric uh, that season. So we all think here, obviously, uh, in the state of Wisconsin, that Aaron Rodgers is the MVP, no doubt about it. But when you start comparing the season he's had to maybe prior seasons of other quarterbacks that have won the MVP, is it as impressive? No, the quarterback play across the league is down, I would say. You know, you look at the main thing I look at when I'm looking at quarterback play are are PFF grades, of course, right? And this year, currently, you only have one quarterback with a passing grade over 90, and that's Joe Burrow out of Cincinnati. Um, Aaron Rodgers would be in that 90 category, except for a stinker in week one, and then he he struggled in in week it was a week eight or week nine against the, the Seattle Seahawks. He had two bad games in that. Other than that, he'd have a 90 plus grade. But you're talking about across the board. Patrick Mahomes is not playing as well this year. Tom Brady started off the season really strong. He's down a bit from his early season play. Um, and essentially, you, you're just seeing a lot of worse quarterback play. And I'm you know maybe that's a COVID thing. I'm not really sure. So I think you know what Aaron Rodgers is. You know he's likely to win the MVP. We are we have our predictive numbers on that. We have a forty percent chance of him winning that, and especially if he does uh, has a good game against the Vikings and probably wins it, he's likely locked that up because of his perform. You know the performance over the last half of the season. So it's not as good, especially for him last year. Last year he had a historical season. His his year last year he had a he had a grade of ninety five, which is one of the best we've ever seen from any player at any position, especially at the quarterback position since 2006, um, he's taken a step back from that. But really, that's outside of two games, he's you know playing at a really high level. Um, it's just not as impressive as last year or you know previous years that we've seen from quarterbacks. So I'm John Costco, senior analyst, pro football focus here on Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Uh, John, you bring up Joe Burrow's name. Not been a lot of talk about Joe Burrow possibly uh, in the MVP race or winning the MVP race has been a majority of, of Rodgers and Jonathan Taylor, who we'll get into momentarily. Should Burrow be getting more mention considering how high of a grade you have on him? I think so. But, you know, you look at why players get that MVP not into consideration. And, and usually it's, you know, having a, a passer rating that's really good in the, in the NFL, um, having a lot of wins for your team, usually you have to be double digits up into that 12, 13 win range. Um, you have to win your division. Uh, so, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals are on track to win their division if they win out. But the thing is with, with them is that their team around him hasn't played as well. And so therefore he's not getting maybe the recognition that he deserves in terms of what his actual play per, you know, per throw has been this year. So um, I would think that, yes, he, he should be getting, you know, more consideration in that regard especially considering that, you know, last year they were picking number one overall, and now he's getting them into uh, division title playoff uh, consideration. The other thing uh, I guess I want to get your take on, we focus on quarterbacks, just how good of a season uh, from pro football focus's standpoint is the former Badger Jonathan Taylor having in Indianapolis right now? Oh, he, he's having an excellent season. He, he's by far the most valuable running back in the NFL. Um, you know, he's, he's on track to – He's going to he's going to win the rushing title probably regardless of what happens in the last two weeks of the season. Um, and he's just he's an all around stud. He's carrying that team. Carson Wentz is not having a great season, so 
he's clearly the MVP for that for that team. Um, and his grade this year is, you know, close to that 90 grade of, of elite level play. Um, you know, one, one thing you look at with, with running backs, though, is really how, how valuable can they be in terms of, you know, is, that, is he going to be able to carry that team into the playoffs and through the playoffs and, and win them a Super Bowl? It's unlikely that, that he's going to be able to do that. You need to have a strong passing game to complement that running game. But he, he's having an excellent season. And, you know, if, he has, if everything falls, falls right, he might be able to hit that 2,000-yard mark um, for, for this season for the Colts. Why do you think Devondre Campbell – uh, didn't make that Pro Bowl team at the end of the day. Just lack of spots at the middle linebacker position, or what do you think held him back? Because obviously, you know, Ross Tucker, Odyssey, uh, NFL insider, always says, "Fine, if you want to pull somebody out, but then tell me who, you know, who is he going to replace if if you think your guy got screwed." And I don't necessarily know if I can replace anybody with Devondre Campbell. I just think he deserves some recognition for how well he's played this year. Oh, he he for sure has, and he he made the All Pro or the the Pro Bowl team for for us at PFF because of the season that he's having, but a lot of it is name recognition when it comes to that type of stuff. Right. So there's been a lot of really good players that have, that have had excellent seasons that didn't get pro bowl nods. Um, You know, I think, I think for me, a good example of that is is Mitchell Schwartz right tackle out of Kansas city for a number of years was the best right tackle in the NFL for, for basically his time that he was with Kansas city, never got to made it to the pro bowl, but he was all pro. So it's, you know, the all pro is getting it right, but it's at the same time, they miss, right? Because it's a it's a fan vote. It's name recognition. It's guys guys that people know are going to be voting for them. It's the, it's the casual fan to get them in. So, yeah, he he should have made it based on his play. His, his, he's one of the highest graded linebackers in the NFL, second highest uh, behind Micah Parsons, who's having a phenomenal year. Uh, which you can argue that he might be more of an edge rusher rather than a linebacker, but he's he's playing a hybrid of both positions. But you know, Devontae Campbell is having the, the best off-ball linebacker season in the NFL right now and and frankly should have made it. Rasheel Douglas, I can't imagine you guys saw this coming with him because I know no Packer fan saw this coming with him. No, um, especially he was on a practice squad at the beginning right. of the season. You know, like you just you can't you can't envision somebody having that type of a season coming off of the bench essentially to to do what he's been able to do and especially stepping into a place where you had Jair Alexander who was your number one guy and he he gets injured and he's not out there um, and he's really stepped up in, in, in place for that. And which makes the whole team better, right? Like you, you found a guy that can have a good role for your, in, in your team. And it's a revelation for you guys. Now you have the depth in that cornerback room that you may have not thought that you had, which when, when it comes to defensive play, you're only as good as, as your second, your third, your fourth cornerbacks on, you know, from your secondary. Um, and this just boosts your, your room altogether. He's a guy that I really kind of, I did like in terms of his aggressiveness, his, his ability at, out coming out of West Virginia. Um, and, you know, he's putting it all together this year. He, his grade is, you know, one of the top grades in the NFL at, the, at that cornerback position. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's play, he stepped into that role extremely well. What's the one thing that you're concerned about with the Packers that could stop them from going to the Super Bowl? It's their their lack of weapons, I'd say, outside of, of Devontae Adams. And I think it's the same thing as, as last year. Their defense is improved from last year, which is what you wanted to see. Um, and, I, you know, you're going to be getting Jair Alexander back at the, at the exact right time. But the, the, the weapons outside of Devontae Adams still aren't, fully proven right if you can take away Devontae Adams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you know it did it to some extent in, in the playoff game last year you need everybody else around 
the team to step up. AJ Dillon's having a really good year, um, which is, alleviates you know the pressure off of Aaron Jones. But you lost you know Robert Tunyon. That's a, that's a big loss for this team, and which hasn't really shown up so much yet this year. But when it comes down to the playoffs, like I said, with the the cornerback position, you're only as good as your depth. It's the same thing with your wide receiver position, because as soon as you go up against these elite level defenses, which you'll see in the playoffs, they can take away that number one option. And then you need to have, you know, you need to have Alan Lazard to step up. You need to have the Mercedes Lewis to step up and and make make plays in the passing game. uh, Whereas when Devontae Adams isn't able to do that, as good as Devontae Adams is. You know, those other guys need them to make some plays in the passing game to to t- to alleviate the pressure of the double coverage off of your number one receiver. He is John Costco, senior analyst for Pro Football Focus. Am I seeing this right? Are you not on Twitter? Oh, I'm on. I am on Twitter. I don't have the PFF tag and stuff like that 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 ever you know some other people at the company have. But so I, I am what's, on Twitter. So what's, John Costco three? John Costco. Because I'm looking. I, type, I was typing it in. I'm like, what is his Twitter? And I'm seeing all these people just writing when you're on their shows. John Costco, Pro Football Focus, breaks down tomorrow. John Costco, and they don't ever put your Twitter handle in. So that's why I was I, confused. I, I guess I, I don't even, they never tag me in it, which is interesting, but it's John Costco 3. I am, I am on Twitter. So if you know, those who want to follow me for, for bad uh, dad jokes and uh, food takes and then food you know, takes. The occasional football Twitter. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I went to, I went to culinary school uh it's where i actually met my wife but so i'm a former chef what I played college football then went to culinary school and then i'm back into football you'll be happy to know our executive producer did tag you that you were on our show today so you were tagged oh. in our post on the 1250 fan account um so wait i, I rewind a second here so you so I, I got a 14 year old that wants to do the same thing uh and he's been talking about it nonstop. he'll be 15 uh next month so a culinary school what, what is that two years so it depends on the type of program you go to, but the one I did was was two year program because I already had a bachelor's degree. So I went to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York, which is a great plug for them, right? Sure. They make millions of dollars, but they uh, it's um yeah two year program is what I did. You can go there for a four year program, so you can go directly out of out of high school into that and get a a bachelor's degree in culinary arts. And you still got to take English and math and all that. It's not just cooking. Yeah, if you're doing the bachelor's program, then yes. For me, I didn't. I just did the the two culinary, years. basically part of it, two years. So how long did you did that. you cook professionally? Yeah, I was in the industry for ten plus years. Um, what? Before, and then yeah. bailed. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you're talking. When I had a basically, I got married and we we started having kids, and I was like, this is it's too much. Never you're home. Working seventy. Yeah. You're never home. You're never home on weekends. You're never home at night. Yeah. So you're you're constantly never get to see your kids. So that was while one of the reasons. And I've always, you know, I I played college football at the University of Kansas, and um, you know, football has been a huge part of my life anyway. So this was a natural job for me to have. Well, you'll be happy to know that uh, I myself. Uh, Never been a Kansas fan in my life, but I'm a big fan of Coach Leopold that was at Whitewater. So we've been talking about uh, Kansas throughout the season. And Gilbert Brown, uh, who played at Kansas, so he comes on the show and we talk about Leopold as well. I think y'all got a coach finally, so that's good. Yes, I, I'm very excited for him. And I liked it when, when he was uh, first hired. I actually been, you know, I've been watching his, his career before he, he became a, a, Kansas, a Kansas coach because of 
you know, his success that he had at Whitewater, right. you know, phenomenal success. Like who who doesn't pay attention to, to stuff like that? Yeah, no doubt. He is John Costco. Again, follow him on Twitter, John Costco 3 Pro Football Focus, culinary expert. I'm going to follow you just to see all these great meals you're making now. John, thank you so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. It was a great talk. Absolutely. Take care. There he is, John Costco, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. If applying for a home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, breathe. My Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Adam Roberts, you have something to say. You're looking like you're ready to talk. (laughs) No, it's just so interesting that uh, not on... Well, first of all, what was crazy was when I was trying to find his Twitter handle for the post on the fan account, the John Costco three that he mentioned... He's got a his profile picture. It looks like he was straight out of the Yokon Phoenix Joker. Movie. Oh, so really? I thought, uh, is this just some like this the Yahoo who has right. like fifteen followers or right. something? Like, uh, I don't know. But yeah, it was him. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing, I was gonna ask him a cooking question because, but I couldn't get the words around it because sometimes I struggle to put my thoughts to mouth. So, but that's really interesting that not only see a former college football player, pro football focused analyst, he's also basically the first maybe sous chef or close to that that we've ever had on the station. It's funny because um, and we still have Will Salmon to come of The Athletic. We're talking about the Brewers. I put together his top 15 prospects in the Brewers farm system. He's going to join us here in about 10-15 uh, minutes. But I will just say this. this. This thing, what he just talked about, is so common. Like It blows my mind every time I hear it, but it is very common. Where you go to school for one thing, and then you end up doing something completely different after you go do the field and you're paying all these student loans back and everything else for so long. And then you realize, you know, I don't like it as much as I thought I was going to like it. And I'm going to go do something else, right? So you go to school to, I don't know, be a teacher or something. And then after you deal with kids for a couple of years, decide, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm going to do something else and get into a whole nother field. Or you go back to school to get a degree in something else. And his point, I think, is very common where you know, you're cold, single, and lonely doing your thing and working 100 hours a week, no big deal. But then you find your girl, then you're going to have kids, you're never home, you're missing your kids grow up, and so forth. And then all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I need to figure out something else because this is not going to work. I don't want to miss my kids growing up. And you figure out something else. And this goes right back to what we were talking about with Aaron Rodgers yesterday about, you know, impossibly retiring one way or the other. And that very well could be something that lines up too, that if him and Woodley are, you know, uh, talking about long-term future and having babies and all this other stuff. Maybe he didn't want to be playing when he has the babies and wants to be home taking care of the babies and not missing anything, not missing you know, them crawling for the first time, not missing walking for the first time or talking for the first time. And th- That's all a big part of it when you're constantly doing football you know, from July all the way, in, in the Packers' case, through January. It only leaves you a few months, really, uh, with your kids. I mean, it's it's not that much. Now, it's still better than baseball or basketball where you're on the road for the entire time. You're only traveling a few times in those six months and you're home the rest of the time. But still, I, I think a lot of times family life does play a huge factor on people's careers and what they decide to do going forward. And the other thing that kind of plays a factor into it, and I've seen it, uh, it happened with one of my friends, uh, went to school for radio, was going to do radio, um, and their wife, now ex-wife, uh, decided that uh, he wasn't going to make enough money. Told him, uh, yeah, no, this isn't going to work. You're going to have to do something else. That You're not going to make enough money in, in radio. So forced him uh, to go essentially work with her dad, who did something completely different, made really good money. So he did. And got out of radio, didn't do it, and did something else, and is still doing it to this day. Makes way more money than I make, obviously. 
Uh, but since divorced her, remarried, kids, the whole deal else. But that's what drove him away from something that he thought he wanted to do through high school and college was was her. So you have that as well, where you know partners and relationships will kind of dictate which way uh, somebody may go in their career or not go uh, in their career too. It's crazy how uh, life takes you on different paths uh, throughout. Still to come, Will Salmon of The Athletic Talking Brewers, top prospects coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes or so. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. And do not forget, if you're looking for some place to be coming up this weekend, again, New Year's Eve is tomorrow. Most of us can't wait to end 2021. So why not make plans to celebrate at Q Club of Wisconsin? They're throwing a great New Year's Eve celebration tomorrow with live music from Kilroy starting at 8.30, free party favors, drink specials, including a champagne toast at midnight. Grab your friends and ring in the new year while having fun at their indoor game room and enjoying great music. Visit their Facebook page for details or QClubofWI.com for menu and updates. Q Club of Wisconsin, North Grandview Boulevard in Waukesha. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The fan, Will Salmon of The Athletic, covers the Milwaukee Brewers. will join us coming up in the next segment. wrote a great piece on the top 15 prospects in the Brewers farm system right now. Intriguing uh, names to look at and ages to look at uh, of these prospects that are in the top 15 uh, for the Brewers and really shines a light onto their international scouting uh, versus maybe the amateur draft success that they've had uh, over the last, you know, I don't know, five to eight years, somewhere in that area. So we'll talk with Will Salmon about that. I don't know if y'all saw this piece uh, by Scott Vency of uh, the Green Bay Press-Gazette, also in the Milwaukee Journal Center. Um, it's a great piece. And, and the title of the article is, Where Are We? The Story of an Ice Bowl ticket stub and an iconic party in Vince Lombardi's basement. Uh, and it talks about Bruce Hutchin uh, uh, pulled up to a ranch home uh, New Year's Eve in 1967. Didn't know when he stepped out of the car that an already big day would become the most memorable one of his life. Hutchin had attended his first Green Bay Packers game that afternoon. A 21-17 win over the Dallas Cowboys in the NFL Championship game that became known as the Ice Bowl because of the brutal frigid temperatures. He also proposed to his girlfriend, Kathy, whom he had met as a student at the University of Wisconsin lacrosse one year earlier. Kathy attended plenty of football games in Green Bay, uh, but she had to skip the Ice Bowl because of strep throat. Bruce and Kathy got dressed up and planned to go to dinner after he returned from the game. But first, Kathy told Bruce she had a promise to stop at her friend's house. So they uh, arrive at the friend's house. Bruce was certain he recognized one of the men in the doorway when they walked in, but couldn't quite place him. Where are we? Bruce asked Kathy. She told him to follow her to the basement where a party was taking place. The parties at this house always were in the basement. As the two walked down the steps, Bruce heard the bellowing voice of the homeowner after seeing Kathy. He walked over and gave her a big hug. It was legendary Packers coach Vince Lombardi. Yeah, they were in Vince Lombardi's house. Her good friend was Vince Lombardi's daughter. Uh, also in this house, according to this piece, NFL commissioner Pete Rozelle, New York Giants owner Wellington Merrill, all there, and Packers broadcaster Ray Scott, all there uh, in the house after the Ice Bowl was done. Uh, and this dude, Bruce, had the Ice Bowl ticket in his pocket. He's like, hey, man. So he pulls it out. And he was like, hey, man, would you would you sign my ticket? And Lombardi said, heck yeah. And he signed the ticket right there in front of him. So this dude, all these years later, last 54 years, he has kept that ticket uh, that whole time between pieces of cardboard and plastic to protect it. And then when he got older, he put it in a safety deposit box, eventually bought a safe, uh, and then stashed it away. Now, apparently, uh, it's going up for auction. On February 26th to the 27th, the Heritage Auctions Winter 
Platinum Night Sports Auction. Again, February 26th, 27th, he's gonna, they're going to auction off this ticket. I can't even imagine how much money this ticket's going to bring. I have no idea. Uh, and this dude is 75. Him and his wife uh, obviously want to, you know, don't have a, a ton of money, so they'd like to take a vacation or two uh, before it's too late and so forth. So that's what they're going to use the money for. They offered up the ticket sign to their kids. Their kids said, yeah, we have no interest. Ugh. Are you kidding me? How do you have no interest? Okay, whatever. So, no interest. So, they're going to auction off this ticket stuff. Also, in this article, um, are great, great uh, stories in here uh, as well. One of which um, is the time that uh, these two girls, Lombardi's daughter and uh, this, this girl, Kathy, and another friend were at Lombardi's home during their freshman year of high school. She got one of her mother's cigarettes, Lombardi's daughter, got one of her mom's cigarettes, and lit it. Girls started to giggle as they passed it around. It was all fun. So one of them dropped it on the white couch in the living room Uh and burned a hole in the cushion. They panicked, opened the windows, airing out the cushion and turning it upside down. They prayed that Lombardi's wife somehow wouldn't notice. So now we get to Monday, and this uh, Susan arrives at school, and her friends are like, oh, goodness gracious. So what happened? Did your mom find the, 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 the burn hole in the cushion or whatever? Furious. Furious. But she didn't blame the girls. They didn't ask the girls if it was them. Do you know who she blamed? Howard Cosell. Convinced that Cosell blamed and burned it with one of his cigars while visiting their house. She blamed Cosell. That laid into him at one of the Super Bowls and said, I can't believe you did that to my couch. And apparently uh, Cosell had no idea what she was talking about. What are you talking about? I didn't burn your couch. Yes, you did. I got the hole. I see the hole. Blah, 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 blah. Years later, uh, Lombardi's daughter told her mom that it wasn't really Cosell. It was, it, it was us. So can you imagine that going on, just laying in to Howard Cosell, who it was back then as opinionated as they came about everything in life. And she's just dressing Cosell down for burning a hole in her couch with a, with a, with a cigar. Imagine growing up in that house of all the people that Lombardi had in that house. Over the years when he was head coach in little tiny Green Bay, Wisconsin, tiny little house and all of these Hall of Famers, essentially, that came and went in that house and growing up in that house or being friends of the kids that grew up in that house like she was uh, to be able to witness all of that. How cool of a deal is that? All right. Coming up next, Will Salmon of The Athletic. We'll talk about his piece on the top 15 prospects in the Brewers farm system. Looking forward to that next here on the Wendy's. Big show. Actually, it's not. It's Sparky's Midday Madness. Rami is coming up at 3 o'clock with the Rami Show. He is going to be here today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM, The Fan. Steve Sparky, Fiverr with you. Rami Makhlouf, uh comes up momentarily here on 12.50 The Fan with the Rami Show coming up here at 3 o'clock. We'll talk to Rami coming up in the next segment as we get ready uh, to see what exactly he has on his show today. Always fun. Rami has been here all week. I one here Monday, one here Tuesday, one here Wednesday, uh, and now he comes back today. So you would assume it'll be a, a fresh Re- revitalize Rami Makhlouf, bring on the heat, bring on the fire, coming up here uh, at 3 o'clock with the Rami Show. Or at least that's that's what I'm expecting. Uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is uh, the aforementioned Will Salmon. You can follow him on Twitter, uh, at Will Salmon. Of course, covers the Milwaukee Brewers for The Athletic. Will, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Sorry for the barking dog here. That's all right. I got a barking dog in my house all the time. I know how that is. Uh, so I guess first things first. Um, so when you put this list t- together, was this just you kind of putting this together yourself? Uh, how much of these guys did you see? Did you take any input from people within the organization before making the list? How did that whole list come together? Um, well, all the above. I mean, like you always, whenever I try to do any sort of list, I try to talk to as many people as possible. So um, that includes people from Bruce organization a lot of the time, but also people who have seen these players uh, from other organizations. Um, you know, people who have been either opposing scouts or opposing coaches and whatnot, just guys who have um, a good familiarity with them. Um, you know, I also stopped by a couple of the affiliates uh, throughout the season as well to just kind of see firsthand, but also with a video there. If you know, you ever, if you ever have a question about somebody or an adjustment somebody has made usually the player themselves is right there um, who's accessible or a coach or somebody who can help you out to kind of further explain either um, an increase or a decrease in statistics or results or anything that's, you know, been different um, with approach or if it's a pitcher with uh, stuff or particular pitches. When we talk about this list, this top 15 list, and again, no surprise, uh, number one is Garrett Mitchell at the top of the list, the recent draft pick out of UCLA. But how much did you find as you've kind of dug into the minor leagues and the numbers and so forth uh, is more based on their international scouting uh, as much or maybe more than the actual amateur draft that they use? Um, It's something that's definitely been creeping up for the Brewers in the past couple of years. I mean, if you look at like their the 15 that I put together, which is it's just pretty consensus. I mean, pretty, uh, pretty much everybody agreed on that. The list now even different publications I've, I've noticed have the same names, even if they're in different places here sure. or there. Um, so just judging, just going off of that particular list. Um, I mean, if you look up and down it, there's uh, kids from Venezuela. I mean, there's Hedrick Perez. Um, there's a good chunk of uh, international talent there. Um, and they're going to be rising up. And frankly, like you could have made a case for them to be a couple of those kids to be even higher than they are. The issue is that a lot of them, um, Jefferson Cuero, Hedro Perez, uh, Jackson Trio, these are 17-year-old kids, 18-year-old kids, and so they don't have the experience above, say, like the rookie league. Um, this year is going to be pivotal because those those guys are all probably going to, in some 
at some points of the season uh, playing at least in A ball, if not a little bit higher than that, perhaps toward the end of the season. Um, so that's going to be critical, and they'll they'll creep up the list further. Um, but that's really the gist of the the Brewer system is that most of the guys that you are wanting to be excited about, aside from maybe those top four, are international prospects who have yet to really play affiliated ball. Um, and so a year from now, maybe we're having a different conversation about the way this system looks, and um, maybe it creeps up a bit in overall team rankings. But right now, that's probably why it is middle of the pack at best. When we talk about this list, uh, I think of all the players on the list, the guy that's most likely to contribute in some form or fashion probably this year is probably Mario Feliciano, who we've seen in stints, but he keeps getting himself hurt, can't stay healthy. He's 23. Uh, Do you think he's the most likely to probably end up on the Major League Baseball roster at some point this year? There's a couple. I think think Ethan Small is a pitcher. I know we're talking about the position player list that I put together. But Ethan Small is the pitcher that comes to mind, and not counting Aaron Ashby, who is already, I feel like he's pretty established at this point as, as a major part of the roster um, in some way, whether his role is as a starter or reliever right now, who knows. Um, in the long run, it will be a starter for 2022. I'm not quite sure. Um, but Ethan Small definitely um, is somebody to keep an eye on at some point in the season. And then from the position player side, um, which was what you were referring to, I think Feliciano has a good shot. They did sign um, Brett Sullivan from the Rays uh, farm system. He's an older guy, yet to make his major league debut. And it would be between one of those two guys who of who would get the nod if a, if an injury to, say, Omar Nervais or Pedro Severino would arise. It would be between those other two guys for that third spot. Um, Policiano, they do like him. He's, he's made some defensive improvements. I feel like there's still some more to be done there. And you're right, he just hasn't stayed healthy enough to prove it really um particularly at the upper levels of the minor leagues so this is critical for him um needs to stay healthy needs to produce in triple a uh besides that um i mean th- there's a shot that if there's an injury that occurs in the middle infield that bryce terang would be called upon the brewers re- the brewers really like the way that he matured at the plate um they like his strike zone recognition they think that they can handle it um it, it, they think that he's capable of handling a, a situation like that if it occurred at some point in the middle of the season, the thing is that they probably don't really need to rely on him because they have other depth options at those positions um, with major league experience. So that would be one thing on him. And then the long shot of course is probably Garrett Mitchell, but he has to prove that he could um, hit at the upper levels of the minors after struggling really with a double a biloxy while dealing with some, some nagging injuries and a non COVID related illness. How bankrupt are they really truly? at first and third base in this minor league system. <laughs> it's not pretty. Um, and that, that's really why I think that we see this, some of the signings that we did with, uh, you know, John Singleton. They took a, a lottery ticket on. Uh, Tyler White, these are names that maybe don't jump out in people's minds, but they were prominent names, you know, a few years ago. Singleton could now be a WWE wrestler guys. as big as he is. He's <laughs> gigantic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy. Um, but it's kind of similar like that, right? Because like they, they just don't have those ready, capable guys. And you know, part of that, um, honestly, is a little bit part of design where um, they didn't exactly draw it up that way, but they keep drafting these middle of the order, you know, excuse me, middle, up the middle type of guys, second base, shortstop, center field catcher sort of profiles. Um, and they like that type. They feel like if you're an athlete, you could be moved somewhere else if you need to be. So like that's kind of the thinking on that. 
Uh, but you're right. It's just, it's not a great situation. It's like you're in a situation where you are right now, where if something happens to say Rowdy Tellez, if you don't go out and add somebody else at first base, who are you really calling on there um, from the minors? Chances are somebody really unproven who didn't have a profile as a top prospect to begin with. Talking with Will Salmon of The Athletic. Follow all of his great Brewers coverage uh, with The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Will Salmon. Talking about his prospect list that he's put together. We talked about the position prospects a, a, a little bit. Uh, and you didn't necessarily put the list together necessarily this way. But of, of these position players, who do you think has the highest upside that if everything goes right, he might have the, the you know the, the biggest potential to be you know that perennial all-star, a big-time player at the next level? Uh, Joey Weimer, I think he was the organization's player of the year for for a reason. It wasn't, I don't necessarily, I don't think it's a fluke the way he produced um, because he was able to do it one at at Low A Carolina and then they moved him up to um, High A uh, Wisconsin and he still produced. And then they took him, they brought him to the Fall League and and he continued to put up numbers. Like he he continued to perform well at the plate. And so he made some adjustments. He's a different hitter um, than he was when they drafted him out of Cincinnati. Um, everything It's a little bit different the way he's going about it now. Uh, his swing is different. So there's a lot to believe in there. For me, um, I mean, I think Fangraphs actually put him as their number one prospect really? uh, for the Brewers. So, yeah, and for and for our list, he was, I think, number four behind Mitchell, Frelick, and Terang. Uh, again, like these are it's the top four no matter what it seems like as far as position players go. But to answer your question, he's my guy for he's my guy to answer the question. Um, it's just a matter of I'd like to personally see it again next year um, because he didn't have that sort of pedigree or whatever buzzword you want to use coming out of school necessarily. Right. Yeah. He no, does he, have some great tools though. Big arm plays plays hard, has speed, and now we show that he can have some power too. Yeah, he was a highlight reel all all summer long. You're seeing videos all over social media about all the bombs he was hitting. What what about on the pitching side, real quick here? One last one for you. Uh, obviously, Small and Ashby, like we talked about, those are the two names we all know probably the most. But as you go down that farm system, are, are there a couple of other names that you can see, you know, coming up here and and having uh, some type of factor, maybe you know, three, two, three years from now? I mean, I can give you guys next year who I think, or this upcoming season, who who could actually um, be of help um, in the bullpen at least, and that's a. Uh, I, I got named Tyler Floyd. I mean, Floyd's a guy who um, has a different delivery, kind of a side armor, but some hard stuff though, like not like those junk, those junk soft stuff that you see from typical side right. deliveries. He's, he throws pretty hard and he's somebody that the Brewers are really high on. They look at him as a legitimate relief prospect. Um, so he's definitely a name to know. I, I feel like he could, he could potentially help um, in the same way that some other relievers like Cousins, Miguel Sanchez from last year, like those guys filled in as on an as-need basis. So he's somebody to, to monitor. Um, aside from that, I mean, like you're looking at somebody like Dylan Fylde, who was added to the 40-man roster last year. I could see him potentially making some starts here and there in 2022. Um, but again, similar to the position players, like you're looking further down the list, and it's actually a little bit thinner um, on the pitching side, which is funny to say, considering they've had a pipeline of success recently. And then this should continue. It's just they do it a little bit differently with signing some older guys out of indie ball and working with them. And, um, you know, the, their development's probably ahead. But as far as the overall talent, it's a little bit on the thin side um, compared to last year. He is Will Salmon. Follow him on Twitter, at Will Salmon. Will, thanks so much for coming on, man. Continue doing a great job writing about the Brewers. Appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. There he is, Will Salmon.
On the Great Midwest Bank Hotline here on Sparky's Midday Madness of applying for home renovation loan has you feeling anxious, go breathe. Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Coming up next, we'll check in with Rami Makhlouf. He's here. He's in the building. He was just in the studio. The Rami Show comes up at 3. We'll find out what's coming up next here on Sparky's Midday Madness. Sparky's Midday Madness on 1250 AM. The Fan, live from the Lakeland University Studios, the leader in online education for more than 25 years. Lakeland.edu. See Sparky Fiverr with you. Now being joined by the one and only. We've missed him so much. Rami Makhlouf of The Rami Show. Have you? Now. Have you missed me? Yeah. Okay. Listen, I talked about this yesterday. These producers of ours have done an amazing job. I mean... Adam Roberts, other side of the glass, been filling in across the board all over the place, including hosting Madness the other day uh, while I was out. Uh, and then Dan Plucker has been filling in across the board all over the place. Toby Altizer has hosted every show on this station this week <laughs> at some point, uh, all three shows. Nice. Uh, so he's done an amazing job. Uh, and uh, yeah. So hey, they're the backbone. Yes. Producers are the Gotta backbone of a radio station. And those guys who come off the bench when you need on air personalities. Thank you, Adam, and all the Correct. guys who have done it. Um, oh. And also, I love that those guys are getting are getting some time on out out on the playing field. You know what I mean? Absolutely, that's, that's a good thing. I like seeing the young guys get their shots. No so that's, question, that's a good thing. Totally agree with you. What's like coming it. up on the Rami Show today? Ooh, we're still having uh, printer problems, so I don't have a rundown in front of me. Let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Adam, feel free to jump in at any time and, oh, and fill in the blanks. There we right? go. Off the top, of course, when you're talking about Aaron Rodgers' comments on possible retirement, on what he might do this offseason, I want to know, like. Everybody gets all upset about this. Does it matter? Does it matter? Is this going to affect the football? Is this going to be why they don't win a Super Bowl? Because Aaron Rodgers well, talks. Well, is that, okay. is that? Let's go. Let's go back to something here. Okay. For a second here. All right. Let's go back and hit Packer history. Because mm-hmm. I've not heard anybody bring up your little angle here that you're going to bring up. Yeah. So many people blame Mike Holmgren for that second Super Bowl, saying his head wasn't in the game because he was thinking about Seattle. So. Now that's after the fact. After everybody found out what was going on, and they sure. think that affected his prep. I don't buy it for a second. I, I think, don't either. I think it's easy to say that with a coach, though. You fine. know what I mean? Okay, fine. But I mean, I think that that's something that has been brought up in the past when guys have other jobs. But, that's why so many times when you see you know college coaches leaving or whatever, it's like, oh, I'll coach your your bowl game, and the athletic director is like, yeah, no, we're good. Go to your new job. Bye bye. I'll find somebody else to coach the bowl game whose head is in this. It happens all the time. Now again, coaches, players, right? So you got the Badgers tonight. Uh, going up against Arizona State. We had Herm Edwards on a couple weeks ago. We replayed it today on the big show back again. His star running backs going to the NFL, so he's not playing. Uh, and this has continued to happen. Ayuk, uh, the guy, the wide receiver for the Niners, it happened to him there. Keneal Henry, the wide receiver for the Patriots, same thing with Herm Edwards. All these guys that were going to the draft opted out and didn't play in their bowl games. So for whatever the reason, coaches aren't believed by athletic directors to be able to focus and do their job in a bowl game players look at the bowl game and say, no, I'm good. It's not that they, I don't think they can focus. They just want to get hurt and screw up their draft prospects going forward by getting hurt in a bowl game that really doesn't benefit them one way or the other and doesn't make them a dollar by playing in it. Now, how that affects the player, I don't know. I think at-home stuff can affect a player on the field. I, I think if, sure. if you're having problems at home or there's that a, can affect uh, anybody. Absolutely. Uh, the health of a but child or something like that, I think that can get in your head. Has Aaron Rodgers at any point in this season – Looked like a guy whose head wasn't in the game, no. like he was somewhere else. And nope. if he and if he has a, a subpar game no, in the playoffs, are we going to say, well, his head was somewhere else, or did he I just a have guy, a subpar game? Yesterday, I had somebody ask whether or not 
you wait on the extension for Rodgers until after you see how good he is in the playoffs. And my response was absolutely not. I've seen enough. I don't. I don't care what he does. I don't care if he the throws. Guy has already put together a Hall of Fame resume. I don't care if yeah. he throws three picks in a conference championship game like Brady did last year, and this Packers team loses. I still want Aaron Rodgers back going forward on a contract extension. Like that's not going to change. He, he is the best quarterback on this roster. He's the best quarterback in football. Probably going to win the MVP. So regardless of what happens in the playoffs, regardless if they get to the Super Bowl or not, yeah, I still want twelve back. I, yeah. I, I just. To me, it's a no-brainer, and obviously you'd want him back in a package deal, him and Devontae Adams. Uh, that's in a perfect world. Whether or not they can get that worked out, I don't know, but that's how you'd want it to play out and have them both under contract for the next three or four years. So we'll talk about that in uh, hour one of the show. Lindsey Jones from The Athletic covers the NFL. She'll be with us to talk about the changing COVID parameters and, and a couple other things going on around the NFL. At 4 o'clock, Ross Uglum from Packer Report will be here, and also uh, Judd Zolgad, my old buddy from Score oh. North up in Minneapolis. He'll be here at 4.45 to talk some Packers and Vikings. All that and more as Rami makes his return to the Rami Show after a week off. There you go. Rami Show coming up next here on The Fan. Enjoy it. Have a good one. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 a.m. with the Wendy's Big Show Fantasy Football Friday with Ian Harditz at 1 o'clock. Use that hashtag Big Fantasy to get your questions and hashtag Big Fantasy for those of you competing for Super Bowls or Conference Championships, depending how it works in your league. Get your questions in. Hashtag Big Fantasy. That's how we sort them on Twitter or Wait till 1 o'clock and dial into the big show and get your questions asked on the air to Ian Hart. Yeah, I see uh, gift bags over here. It says Sam on there because Sam has been gone a few days. I know Bart hasn't been here a few days, so it makes sense. His gift bag is sitting there with his name on it. Um, I don't know who those are from. Those mm. are from Dave and Cudahy. Mm. Oh, there you guess, go. Uh, Dave doesn't love So me. if you need some T-shirts, I didn't want to spoil it, but if you need T-shirts. Toby got T-shirts. I got Toby, some T-shirts. You did too. Adam mm-hmm. Roberts got yeah. T-shirts. He just doesn't Bart, like it. Sam. Not everybody thanks, likes you. Thanks, Dave. Not everybody likes you. Get over it. Uh, Rami, coming up next. Maybe you like him, maybe you don't. Either way, he's on the radio. Don't go anywhere. Toodles. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.